and welcome to episode 26 of our Baseball Weekly, the weekly podcast from the Baseball subreddit. This week, Biscuits has an interview with James Deffenbaugh, who is the co-creator of the most talked about competitive grade weightlifting substance of the year that people are definitely not using to doctor pitches spider tack yeah he's the co-creator and he it's it's a great interview make sure to listen to that uh after that i'm lewis i sit down with shane who is the dodgers power ranker about the general state of the nl west with the big dodgers padres series starting this week and next week the dodgers giants is going on so we cover all all of that as well as the state of catching in the nl west uh for buster posey fans he gets some love and as uh usual we're going to introduce this week with some news from around the league i am joined by maz maz how are you doing on this fine sunday afternoon or monday morning if you're far enough east of here i guess <laughs> well i'm doing pretty good thanks for having me back as usual uh it's another monday it's another me and you chatting about baseball uh i guess happy late father's day to all the fathers that are listening to this i'm oh, thanks, sure Jess. there's a handful of them you as well lewis yes uh but yeah happy father's day uh late father's day to all the dads listening but otherwise it was a pretty great weekend uh watched some baseball even though the mets lost uh spent the day with my dad as i mentioned uh but yeah lots of baseball going on this weekend yeah it was it was a good weekend even though my team the twins is pretty far out of it we Mm -hmm. swept the rangers and byron buxton's back and he promptly beat out a infield single that he had no right to beat out hit a home Mm -hmm. run you know, just Byron Buxton things. So that was pretty good. And last week, we hyped up the Rays White Sox series, didn't we, Maz? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was just like now. It was me and you talking about baseball. It's like we do this every week. We- <laughs> and uh, yeah, that big Rays White Sox series coming up, baby. We, and we then... hyped it up so much. It was a it was a pretty good series. Uh, I yeah, it, it, it was fine. Yeah, it, it was it was not bad. And then the Rays promptly, so White Sox take two of three, and then both teams promptly get swept. The Rays swept by the Mariners, and then uh, the White Sox swept by everybody's favorite AL team, the Astros. And Mm. oh, look, who's in first place now? Maz, who's in first place in the AL right now? Well, yeah, now, you know, it's not those aforementioned rays or those white socks like we hyped it up to be it's yeah like you said everybody's a favorite al team it's 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 the astros now they're astros they're in first in the al Who back saw in that first coming? place wow wow it's yep. we're gonna have to do some a's astros hype when the when those series start coming back around mm, again that should be a good series those too, will be yeah. some good good games all right enough about the al we've got some other news from around baseball uh today if you're listening on release date mlb's foreign substance crackdown begins mm-hmm. and some pitchers are mad about it yeah, some pitchers are mad. Uh, Tyler Glass now is very mad, and, and he could be mad for the next, you know, six months if he wants. Um, yeah, Garrett Cole was uh, very emotional talking about it the other day. Um, 
Yeah, it goes into effect today, uh, the 21st. Again, if you're listening on release date, and it's highly contentious, you know, highly contentious discussion. We've talked about it many times. Don't want to talk about it too much because we got that interview coming up with the inventor of Spider Tack, and they talk about it, uh, but or the co inventor of Spider Tack. But yeah, it's things are going to change, or, or they're thinking things are going to change. And I'm, I'm uh, what really do you think? interested uh, in the data crunch. I saw already over the past 10 days, uh, mm-hmm. spin rates dropped like 40 RPMs. And someone was like, oh, that's not that much. Well, if 10% of the league is doing something mm-hmm. to increase by 300 and they stop, hey, there's your 40 RPMs on average right there. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. That'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. the, other, the other big off the field news was baseball reference now includes Negro League stats as major league stats. That was their, their big news uh, this week. Yeah, that was really great. Um, they did a whole big, really good article about it. I highly recommend you go and check it out. If you go to baseballreference.com, it's just it's on their main page, and I'm sure it'll be there for a while. Uh, but yeah, they elevated the Negro League stats that are available. Of course, they're still incomplete to major league level, which is pretty great, as it should be, arguably. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's a little hard at times because they did play shorter seasons, yeah no fault of their own i mean that was just they had to compete for field time with teams that were obviously going to get preferential treatment at the time they made more money barnstorming so just economically they had to play shorter seasons so they could barnstorm get those exhibition games actually make a living and of course the barnstorming stats don't count but you know, that's exactly. fine. Babe Ruth has hundreds of home runs that don't count. So it's fine. It's <laughs> exactly. fine. <laughs> and then, I, I mean, here's the, the other thing is these stats are incomplete. And I saw a yeah. lot of people really harping on that. But here's a baseball history lesson for you. Until the last 30 or so years, the early years of the National League were also pretty incomplete mm-hmm. i mean right now you look at baseball reference and it looks like we've got stats from every game but that is only because the past 30 40 years saber researchers have combed through old newspapers old box scores digitizing all the data going back and checking there are some players who whose uh, career hit totals have changed multiple times mm-hmm. as uh researchers go back and see hey someone really liked cap anson and credited him for five hits on the day but i only see three here in the box score that doesn't make sense there's a ton of that going on mm-hmm. and i mean it is only through constant research that we we've gotten to the point now and now that attention gets to shift to the negro leagues which is great yeah. unfortunately they weren't covered in a lot of white newspapers so That means going back, hopefully there are some old, um, you know, black run newspapers that did carry the stats, hopefully that we can find and unearth. But now we get to look at the, have those researchers turn their energy to that. And that is a, it's a great thing to know that this elevation is going to really aid um, finding more of those stats and really digging up that old history and, and legitimizing it, even though, You know, as it stands, there's a lot of all-time season rate stat records that feel a little 
odd, only coming in 39 games. I, I think baseball reference is going to have to figure out how to handle that uh, filtering wise in the future, just because there are some things that are just so different. Yeah, that, that's the probably the biggest point of contention is, like you mentioned, the the 60 game seasons or the 70 game seasons, whatever they played. And yeah, those rate stats that you mentioned, like uh, Josh Gibson now has the highest on base percentage of all time now. And like, that's great. I love Josh Gibson. You know, who doesn't uh, arguably the greatest baseball player of all time, you know, depending on who you want to talk to, but he has it in, I believe it's 60 games. He now beats Barry Bonds on base percentage. And it's like, uh, that kind of stinks. And you, you know, you just don't want to hear about it. You know, we want to get more games, fill out these stats more properly. So that way people can't say, you know, well, it's incomplete. And maybe he had, you know, three Oh for five games that aren't, you know, incorporated. It's, you know, like you said, hopefully they could turn the research towards those games and maybe get it filled out. I think my favorite stat was the Satchel Page's stats got adjusted. It's, it's my favorite. Yeah. You know, like Jackie Robinson got like four extra hits and like, yeah, that's cool. But Satchel Page moved in terms of wins. He moved from 2,194th to 456 just with this edition of the negro league stats which yeah. i think is really he's top 500 now that's great <laughs> yeah he he's on the list official yeah. 500 500 club same, 500 same thing club, really the, he, he the, yeah <laughs> 500 club same same thing with his career strikeouts he moved from like 2300th to like 250 he jumps yeah. way up that's just so cool to me you know finally getting that respect and recognition he deserves yeah All right, so back to some on-the-field stuff here. Um, Speaking of really old records that, uh, you know, it it took a while for for someone to come beat here, the Diamondbacks currently Mm -hmm. are in the middle. They've already set the modern era record uh, of looking to set not just the modern era record, but the all-time road losing streak record and now they've actually moved on to getting on the list of all-time overall losing streaks not just on the road but just in a row (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that's a it's a brutal that they just can't win away from home for some reason and i mean it's not that they're a great team at home but you know they pick up their wins every now and then but yeah they lose again as we're recording this, they lose to the to the Dodgers. Uh, they lost nine to eight today, and I I just don't know what can you say. It's the worst that it's ever been. We're, we're getting to that point where they're going to those old eighteen hundred records. And, yeah, so uh, it, you know they it was reported that they set the all time record. It's a modern era modern, record, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 distinction needs to be made in eighteen eighty nine. In the American Association, which was, it is considered a major league. Going back to that Negro Leagues thing, people are saying, ah, but it's not AL, NL records. Well, that's not all of Major League Baseball. There's four other leagues. There hasn't always been AL, NL. (laughs) Yeah, there are four other leagues that are considered major leagues. American Association was considered a major league. And Mm -hmm. in 1889, the Louisville Colonels, lost 24 straight road games. Mm. And so they are one away, the the Diamondbacks are one away from tying that all-time record. 
and two away from setting an all-time record, a record that has stood since 1889. That's insane. Now they do come home. If if you're listening to this on day of release, they are home today, tomorrow, and Wednesday against the Brewers. So, you know, of course, they'll probably win one of those games to, you know, keep things moving. But yeah, this weekend, they play the Padres in San Diego, which, yeah, those are some very losable games, in my opinion. So, Check back on Saturday the 26th. Potentially that's the game to break the record. We'll see. And, I mean, they're getting ready to break into just overall losing streak territory. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that's how close they are. Uh, We start getting on that list of of just worst losing streaks. So we'll see. Uh, I feel bad. Um, I do too. I feel bad for the snacks. Um, you know, it, it wasn't really a, a hyped season for them. It, nobody thought that they would be this bad. Um, no, and it, it's on home or the road. It's the way they've been losing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like today they were down nine, nothing, no hope. Right. Mm. They storm back. They score eight unanswered runs. They get it to nine, eight, and then they just, roll over and die in the ninth inning and and it doesn't do anything or earlier this week they had a gigantically what was it was uh uh they were seven to nothing on the giants seven nothing lead yeah and uh i think that was last tuesday yep yep they they got a seven nothing lead they gave up four runs in the bottom of the eighth to lose nine eight Mm -hmm. that's uh and that's just the way it's been yeah Poor, poor Diamondbacks. Uh, poor I Diamondbacks. feel for you guys. Um, we'll talk. I'll, I, I talk with Shane about the upper half of the NL West uh, later in this episode, so I don't want to spend too much time on there. And then, Maz, it's it's almost here. Something that our po- couple of our podcast guests have mentioned. Um, a, a beautiful day for the sport. Maz, who is joining the show? Well... The show, as you mentioned, that he has been mentioned a few times on this podcast. He has been mentioned by myself. He has been mentioned by the wonderful Ashley McLennan. He has been mentioned by pretty much any time someone comes on and wants to talk about a young talent in the game. Of course, it's the number one overall prospect. Wander Franco is being called up this Tuesday by the Tampa Bay Rays for their series against the Red Sox at the Trop. So in front of the home crowd. So... A few reasons to tune into this. I mean, first of all, it's Wander Franco's debut. That's yeah. that's going to be huge. Um, but to add to it, um, those are the top two teams in the East right now. Mm-hmm. And um, they both have 43 wins. And they very well, the winner of the series could very well come out with the best record in the American league when it's all said and done, depending on how the Astros and A's and White Sox do over this week mm-hmm. and the Indians who are sneaking in to mm-hmm. the discussion here, they've got 30 losses, same as the Rays. Uh, but that is going to be a really, really good series, especially since it's at the trop. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, weird things happen. There. <laughs> weird things happen at Tropicana Field. Yeah, his first hit is going to hit one of the rings and they're not going to know what to do with it. Uh, nobody knew what was going on. It hit the inner one or it hit the third one. Oh, I don't. And it's yeah. going to be a mess. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, if, you, if you've got MLB at bat, if you have a way of watching the game, I mean, it's really a perfect storm of things. It's top two teams in the AL East, top two teams in the league in general, you know, top two of five. the top teams, two of yeah. the top teams. Yeah. It's Wander Franco, who is the most hype prospect I can remember since Vladimir Guerrero jr. And it just should be a really competitive game in front of the home crowd. So check it out. Why not? I, the only reason not to is that Padres Dodgers is also going on, but they're ah. on two different time slots. It's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to True. be a great week for baseball and if you are finally on summer break whether you're a student or a teacher or you just work (laughs) at a school like some people on this podcast uh, it's going to be a great week to just sit back relax and uh, watch some baseball absolutely that is it for the news roundup for the week when we come back biscuits will be on with the co-inventor of spider tech james deffenbaugh and after that i am back with shane to talk about the nl west so stick around appreciative of you all tuning in and listening tonight uh and we've got a really special guest uh a gentleman by the name of james deffenbaugh james is is not really known to the baseball world um but is known a little bit to the sports world um james is actually a strong man and and something that uh again is a sport that has been around for many 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 ages um james picks up really heavy things and puts really heavy things down uh which is probably the easiest way to describe uh being a strong man at least i hope um but james welcome to the podcast so great to have you on and 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 love to be able to, to spend some time with you this evening. Thanks. Great to be on. Great. Uh, James, first off, I know there are a lot of people out here who are listening to this podcast who have heard the the, the, the name Spider Tech. Probably <laughs> don't know much about it. Probably just going to see it across ESPN or The Athletic or The Sports Illustrated. But why don't you tell me a little bit about kind of what, what is the goo? Tell me a little about what this is and, and, and how you guys kind of created this. It's a, a thick, sticky goo that we used to at Atlas Stones with Strongman. Okay. Um, it's, it's very niche because strongman is a very small sport, it's a niche sport, and we use it on one event at Strongman. That's Atlas Stones. Okay. Um, and those are big concrete balls. Okay. And they, you know, weigh anywhere from 200 pounds to 450 pounds or more, um, and they don't have handles, so that makes them obviously very much harder to pick up. And so in strongman, we can use what's called tacky to help us pick it up. It it uh, lets us stick to the stones and increases the weight of a stone we can pick. Um, you know, you don't have to get under it as much. It just makes it a whole lot easier. Okay. Um, and strongman, strongman is a very permissive sport. Um, you can use a lot of different kinds of equipment and things like that. So, uh, using tacky has pretty much always been a part of the sport because there weren't any rules against it. So people would start from the, from the very beginning using whatever they could find, you know, sticky stuff, uh, you know, things like spray tack, uh, handball glue was used before we, we had our own strongman tacky. Uh, which was like an adhesive they used in the sport of handball. Okay. Um, and eventually we started using, you know, what, what we in strongman call tacky. Okay. And it just, you put on your forearms and your hands and anywhere you need to grip that stone. Um, and it just, just helps you hold on to it. 
Sure. Now, Tacky is not, I mean, it's not the first time that anyone's ever used it. Obviously, you talked about, you know, plenty of things that you guys used before. I mean, I always see the, you know, the old like 1930s and 40s football players that have like the, 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 the catch them or we're stick them or whatever yeah. it's call it, kind of straddled all over their forums. It's similar to that stuff. Yeah. It, I, I haven't seen that stuff, but I, I assume it's similar. Um, okay. Okay. I, awesome. I know, like, like stick em spray was is common in sports. Okay. Um, you know, it's not as sticky, and it, it kind of comes off in the wash and stuff like that. But um, there are all those different kinds of sticky things that helps you helps you with your sport. Sure, absolutely. Now, again, most of you guys who are listening know I'm a, I'm a former college baseball coach, so I know plenty of uh, plenty of guys who have combined the rosin and sunscreen and, and several other kind of insider tricks of the trade here. But when we, we talk about spider tack and James, I just pulled this up before I was looking. I can go on Amazon and just like buy a canister, right? Like it's just yeah. like everybody else. Yeah, I mean, it's not toxic. It's just a, you know, regular item you can buy. Okay. All right. So we're not going to talk about the science because I don't want to give away the secret <laughs> sauce here, but tell me a little bit about like, how did you guys come up with that? I mean, did you just get to the point where you're like, there's got to be something better and if I'm going to do it. I might as well find it myself. Yeah. Well, we, we started, you know, kind of copying what was already out there. Um, there's another tacky out there that um, the, the existing tacky recipes are online were okay. effectively just rosin and usually turpentine um, and turpentine is it, you don't want to use turpentine on, on your hands and forearms. That's paint thinner. That's not, not healthy. But um, uh, that was the most basic recipe online, and it, it worked. Um, and then we kind of went from there, and, and part of it was just being cheap, you know, or, in, you know, in college. Um, and part of it was uh, just wanting to find something better. Uh, my business partner, his name is Mike Crusoe. Uh, he's now got a PhD. Um, you know, so he's, he's a biochemist. So it was kind of he knew more about, you know, what materials to try um and i did most of the you know mixing stuff together in different amounts until we got what we wanted okay um and it, it worked it worked great uh it it improved our stone living immensely um mike himself i think it helped him just a, a ton compared to the existing tackies uh just based on um that he had shorter arms um, so in strongman, you know, there's a lot of, you know, biomechanical advantages depending on how you're built. Um, and Atlas stones, longer arms makes a huge difference because you can wrap your arms around the stone more. Um, so you kind of, uh, w with good tacky, um, your disadvantage lessens. Yeah, sure. Now I, this, I mean, this is like the strongest stuff I've ever heard of before. As a matter of fact, like correct me if I'm wrong here, but Dr. Caruso hurt himself with the with the spider tech right or is that is that, is that a myth is that a myth? It's, it's not exactly a myth um in strongman bicep tears are, are extremely common on atlas stones and they happen with or without tacky okay um so i, I don't think he hurt himself because of the tacky in any way okay um, right. some, some some people feel like you're less likely to tear your bicep when you're using good tacky okay um because if it starts to slip um that might be when when it when it happens um generally your biceps are, are a weaker muscle they're not a main mover when you're lifting, you know, multi-hundred pound things. Sure. Um, and when they're expected to take that load, they're one of the, they, they rip. Okay. Um, I've had a bicep repair uh, in 2017 and it's just the, the, the bicep repair scar is just kind of like a, a rite of passage in strongman. Uh, okay. Uh, it's just really common. So very similar to, uh, to, to UCL tear in baseball. I mean, most, most yeah. like a lot of major leaguers, they have the scar there on the elbow where they you know, yeah. cut into it and, and put it in. A new okay. 
Well, good. So uh, now we talked about um, obviously this tacky. Like I, as as I'm thinking about this, and, and again, I'm I'm 33 years old, so I've been around baseball my entire life, and. I, I've seen the guys use rosin. I've seen the sunscreen mixture, the, the whole nine yards that you go through this. But like when I, I watched some videos of some strawman folks, you guys were like caking some of this stuff on. Like I can't imagine like how how, how hard is that to get off? Like when you're done with your Allison, like is this like a I got to go take a shower? I got to like wash my hands with gasoline? Like how do you get that off? Oh, the gasoline is extremely effective um, <laughs> at removing tacky. I don't recommend it because it's gasoline. Right. But uh, I, I use it to clean up the, you know, bills and things like that for sure um yeah it, it takes a while um a lot of people use sleeves on their forearms okay. um eye freezing sleeves um one one reason is if you if you get sweaty uh spider attack is hydrophobic so if you're sweaty it's not going to stick to you okay uh if you have good sleeves on or you know some kind of athletic tape or something on your forearms um that reduces that risk because you know you're sticking to the tape um rather than like the, the risk of sweating, sweating it off. Sure. Um, but yeah, we, we have, um, at the gym, we have a bunch of shop towels and baby oil and we just go outside and scrub it. Um, you do not want to bring it into the sink. Um, okay. the soap's not going to do anything. Um, and it gets over everything. It, it'll get in your hair. Sometimes it'll get it on your legs. It'll, it'll, you'll, you'll find random spots. So, so a lot of people do a lot of stones. They have like a can of Pam or something, in their in their shower because okay. you know, Pam will actually help clean it up. Any kind of oil uh, will help dissolve it a little bit. Okay. Um, so there's lots of ways to clean it up. Um, it can take a little while. Um, getting it out in front of your fingernails can take a while. Um, I, but yeah, yeah, I can I can imagine. I I've never I've never really thought about. Oh, I need to take a can of Pam into the shower from with me to to wash off. Yeah. Again, I've never I've never dug my hands in spider tack before. So I, I was looking earlier. We're looking at Amazon. So you guys have like multi levels of stickiness, right? Like there's a light, it, there's a max. Yeah, I mean they're they're the heavy is the is more is thicker, um, more viscous, and light is thinner. Uh, generally, light easier to put on. Um, it's a little bit more webby. Um, for me, like with heavier Atlas stones, like it, when you're a, a higher level Strauman athlete, we're doing heavier stones, heavy is usually the better option, especially when it's hotter out, um, where newer people might have the best luck with, with a light grade. Um, interestingly enough though, for baseball, um, most, most of the, you know, legit pitchers were using either the, the they called accomplished grades, the original or the light. Okay. Where I would have thought the heavy, which is the thicker stuff, would have been the, the best option there, but but generally they're they're using regular light. Yeah, so uh, it's it's interesting that that you know when you think about baseball, you think about the potential uses. I mean, you know, in a lot of cases when we see guys get caught with pine tar, or get caught with whatever sticky, it's it's on their hat or it's on the inside of their glove or whatever that may be. But you know, when I think about this, like how 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 visible would that be if you put it on a hat? Like, you know, again, I'm not going to name names or anything, but like they're very good pitchers who all, you yeah. know, they go to their hat every time or they go to the inside of the glove. I mean, is this something that like a normal person could walk by and like, oh, that looks, you know, that looks like you got some stuff on there? Um, I mean, probably it, it should just look like a grease stain, honestly. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it's not going to be completely invisible, but I, I have to imagine it's not super obvious. Yeah. How many, so I was seeing the, the cans that you guys are selling are like in like eight, eight ounce cans, I think. And then like you have some big ones in 24s. Yeah, we have two and a half is the smallest, then the okay. nine ounce, and then 24 ounce. Okay. Um, so in Strongman, we use a lot of it. So uh, the two and a half ounce container will last us, you know, a few stone training sessions if we use a lot. 
Um, I have to imagine baseball, that small container is going to last a season or better. Yeah. When you're, when you're talking about three fingers instead of, you know, your arms and hands and everything. Yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not elbow to fingertip with, yeah. the, with that stuff. So, all right. So you talked about, like, you know, the two and a half can made last year, a couple of training sessions. I mean, are you guys using like multiple ounces, you know, per training session? Uh, I think a little under an ounce total over the course of a training session. Um, you know, it's, we retack every set. So depending on how many sets we're doing. Yeah. Um, so, and then you can't really get the stuff out of the bottom of the container either, you know, so you're not getting, I mean, the full two and a half ounces are in there, but you're not going to scrape the bottom super well. Right. Sure. I can imagine that once that stuff, uh, and again, I mean, sure you guys sell it, it's sealed. I mean, I'm sure once it hits the air, like you got a, you got a pretty short amount of time that you can no, use it, right? No, no, it, it's, I mean, if you leave the cap off, it'll dry out over the course of a few weeks or, okay. or whatever, but um, with the cap on, it should last for pretty much forever. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm awesome, awesome yeah. for those who use it. All right. So this, this kind of like career arc for you guys from spider tech has got to be like kind of crazy, right? Like I know you mentioned, we talked earlier, like you had a, like maybe a little bit of an idea, but like, when was the first time that you were like, Hey, we're, we're selling a lot here. Like maybe people are buying this for other reasons. I mean, is it ever like kind of landed on you guys that like, Hey, maybe, maybe people are buying this for a different reason. Well, I mean, so, so, you know, we, primarily sell through resellers and our direct sales are through Amazon. So yeah. um, I do all the fulfillment through Amazon. So I see those orders. Um, I, I really only knew it was happening because people would use their real name and ship it to their team and the stadium okay. and the clubhouses. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to name names and, and sure. Um, you you but, shouldn't, but you yeah. shouldn't. But like, it's, I don't remember when it started, honestly. I, I think it's been at least a year. Um, okay. It could have started beforehand if people were shipping to their house because yeah. I, I don't I don't follow baseball, so I wouldn't recognize a lot of names. Yeah. Um, but when there when I started seeing team names, um, that's when it became clear that there was you know a decent number of orders. Um, overall, you know, again because uh, a small amount will last you a long time. The 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 total volume of orders wasn't crazy. Right. Um, it was it. it would have been like you know especially with COVID and everything like that i thought you could easily think that people are training stones at home or you know sports sure. going or things like that the numbers weren't ridiculous and i think it's mostly because it was mostly used in the pro level uh-huh which isn't that many people overall yeah, right so it's, um, a, it's a small population yeah, yeah but now it's it's that's become well known the orders just they've been crazy I was gonna so I so I was gonna ask. So we're now what two weeks? I think we're I think we're going on about two weeks of the news cycle here. Like, how has this? What did the sales look like in the last years? Like, you don't give the numbers or anything, but like, has it like skyrocketed? You guys like through the roof at this point? It's been absolutely crazy. Like normally, um, I might spend you know half hour of my day dealing spider tech stuff, and now it's like all day, every day, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, Okay. My main uh, job right now is I own a gym in downtown Raleigh. Um, and like, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep with taggy orders right now. That's crazy. That is, that is definitely crazy. And look, obviously, I mean, I, I think that what the, the, um, the, the phrase they always use is like, uh, any publicity is good publicity, right? So like well, it, anything I, you got is, is good. I don't think it's, it, it's completely good publicity. Cause I don't, I mean, people are saying it works, you know, they're yeah. not saying like, there's anything wrong with it, uh, that apparently you can 
uh, throw a much better slider and you get more RPMs on your fastball. Like that's, that's all good in my eyes. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so uh, Tyler Glass now, uh, who is, uh, who is a pitcher and, and I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's, he's in the rate. He, he came up with the Rays or actually came up with the pirates traded to the Rays, but he got hurt recently. And, you know, he was talking about today about how big of an impact it is for major league baseball to just decide like, Hey, we're going to stop today, like mid season, like guys are doing those things. Like, I mean, if, if you, if, if you, as a straw man, if someone said to you like, Hey, I know you've been using tack up until this point. And by the way, you have a competition tomorrow and you can't use tack at all. Like how big of a change would that be for you where it's a big deal? It'd be really, really frustrating. Um, and I mean, strongman is is supposed to be random. It's it's supposed to be like changes. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's a different. Every event has different events. Um, we, you know, you have to be adaptable. So that's kind of part of strongman culture. But it's still, when they change like something like that, that still is a big deal. Because if you've been training with Tacky, and all of a sudden you have to compete without. Um, that you know that's a lot more you know bicep intensive you have to squeeze the stone harder it's it's going to change results it's really frustrating um i you know with, with the baseball thing um from my perspective is it, it was against the rules but it wasn't like if it's not enforced it's de facto allowed sure you know if if they've never enforced it if they never inspected if they have no procedures to inspect it's it's been de facto allowed for this long um if you're going to make a massive change in how they're enforcing it, do it in the off season so people can be ready for it. Yeah, sure. You know, like I'm, it, it certainly makes sense to be very uh, precise on uh, what sticky stuff you can use and have consistent uh, um, someone to check, check people. I mean, it wouldn't cost a whole lot to have like one person checking the pictures on their, yeah. on their way out, you know, um, and, and do it right. Um I have to imagine, you know, when you're a, a pitcher, you're, it's an accuracy. And you have to be very, very accurate. And all of a sudden, your equipment's different. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's got to be crazy. Yeah. So he actually, he mentioned, and this was very, this is interesting. And I, and I read this earlier, but he was talking about how, you know, he's, he's gotten injured, uh, you know, like literally very recently. And he was talking about how, you know, when you go from having an equipment that you use, you know, every day, and again, baseball's been using things and putting stuff on balls for like a hundred years, I mean, which is <laughs> yeah. the like the spitball was a thing, like in the yeah. early 1900s. And there were still pitchers who there was one guy that got basically grandfathered in because like he'd been doing it for so long and they outlawed it. And he was like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll make you stop when, you know, when you retire, but you know, people have been doctoring baseballs for a long time. Um, you know, and even, I mean, Trevor Bauer got to the point and, and, and I know you said you don't follow baseball, but Trevor Bauer was at a point where he was, you know, calling out anybody and everybody it was like, guys, you can't yeah. do this. Like there's no way that you can, you naturally increase your spin rate by, by that general amount won the Cy Young last year, like literally went mm -hmm. out and, and basically just kind of thumbed his nose at everybody and was like, Hey, if nobody's going to say anything, I'm going to do it too. And went out and won the Cy Young last year. And, and I, man, he got paid uh, a yeah. huge deal to go out to the Dodgers and, and obviously look good for him. I will always cheer for anybody who, uh, who gets a big deal. But um, you know, when you're, when you're looking at that, I mean, we're, we could, you're affecting people's lives, like people's livelihoods. I know. You say like, hey, you can't do this anymore. And it's just all of a sudden of like, by the way, you can't do it like middle of the season. Here you go. It's done. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It, it's um, I, I, I get it. I, I get there's there's kind of the fan outrage and they have to listen to that. But um, it, it is reasonable to have rules that aren't enforced, in my opinion, um, mm -hmm. because you it effectively says you have to be discreet about it. 
Okay. And they were being discreet about it because it is, you know, spectator sport. You don't want people bringing a can of tacky and slathering it on, on camera. <laughs> but if they're extremely discreet about it and they're, you know, allowing it, they're de facto allowing it, um, that, that seems reasonable. Um, <laughs> and it's reasonable to disallow it. It's just let them know a little beforehand. Let them, let them practice a little bit with the new enforcement. Of course. Of course. Well, uh, James, listen, why don't we do this? I Look, obviously, you, you run your own gym here, and, and you've been so gracious to, to come on and spend some time with us. Tell me about your gym. Um, yeah, so I, I have a gym called Spider Strength Gym in Raleigh, of course, named after spider tech to some extent. Okay. Um, it's it's a powerlifting, strongman, and weightlifting gym. Okay. Um, so most of our members are probably powerlifters. Uh, we have a handful of strongmen, a handful of weightlifters. Um, our, our strongman group, all, all of our athletes, we have a ton of great athletes and a ton of great community. Um, and I actually just, um, e even though like, you know, I own a gym, own a tag company, I'm actually not very entrepreneur entrepreneurial. Okay. Uh, I, I really just opened up the gym because I moved to Raleigh and I didn't have anywhere to train strongman. Okay. I wanted to. Um, so that was like the, the, you know, most of my drive to open the gym is just to have, a place to train how I wanted to train. Yeah. Uh, and so like I, I opened it, uh, cashed out all of my retirement funds and, and made it, uh, uh, low, low maintenance, um, as low maintenance as I could at the time. Um, and not a lot of recurring costs and it, it, uh, it just blew up. Um, it that's, was kind of something that was missing is a good strength gym like that. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. Do you guys have any events coming up? Obviously not there, but I know that, you know, look, the strongman competitions are like, they're, they're not few and far between, but like you guys have big events throughout the year that you, you go through. What's the, what's the next upcoming thing for you right now? Uh, for me personally, I'm competing in America's Strongest Man 105 Kilo um, in okay. September. Okay. Um, it's, it's considered a pro level competition. I'm considered a, a pro strongman um, in the middleweights. Um, there's, okay. there's middleweight and heavyweight pro strongman. Um, and so, yeah, I'll be doing that September. Okay. Where's the competition? It's in Texas. It's in Texas. Okay. All right. Good. What, by the way, and, and I'm thinking about, you know, sports just in general here, when I'm thinking about, you know, how baseball has reacted to COVID and that sort of stuff, how has like Strongman reacted to COVID? Cause I would assume that again, like it's a, it's, it's an individual sport. It's not a team sport. So like you can socially distance and stuff. Like how has that affected the, the sport for you all? Um, so, I mean, a lot of shows were canceled. Um, a lot of people didn't have anywhere to train for a while. Um, a lot of people went to the woods and picked up rocks and maybe got better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, it, it's very, um, it's very, uh, a lot of people had very different experiences. Uh, we were pretty fortunate that we were able to have the Arnold, uh, amateur strongman competition, um, right before the shutdown. Awesome. Um, that's one of our bigger shows. Um, I had a local show in Raleigh also like, like two weeks before, they banned the, the shows like that. Yeah. Um, and then we were able to have um, a, a couple of big competitions towards the end of the year, um, which for, for, for better or for worse, I guess. Um, yeah. It was, you know, when the States had opened up a little early, um, it was so probably a little bit uh, controversial on if, if we even should have had them. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, I, I help out at all the, the big shows and, um, we're still able to have have um, some good competitions. 
That's awesome. Well, and like I said, look, COVID has obviously affected a bunch of us in a different way, but I'm, I'm, I'm super glad that you guys are able to get back to doing what you really enjoy, which is picking yeah. up super heavy things, uh, which is, which is great. So, um, and again, a lot of listeners here are probably not, you know, maybe not familiar with Strongman, but when you're talking about the Atlas Tones, can you tell us a little bit about those? Like you said, this is a big concrete ball. Like we're talking hundreds of pounds, right? Yep. Um, so, so for the ones I would normally lift, they're usually either 20 inch to 22 inch diameter. Um, so it's, it's, you kind of straddle it to get around it. Uh, you, you reach your hands around it, you, you squeeze it, you pick it up um, to your lap. You readjust, you reach your arms even further around it and hold it against your chest and stand up with it, uh, try to get over a bar. Um, okay. And it's, it's a total body workout. Um, it's, it's unlike any movements you, you, you could do in a gym. Um, you know, generally like pulling movements are bicep and lats and pushing movements are triceps and, and, and pecs, mm-hmm. where this one is somehow, you know, biceps and lats and pecs. Not to mention the whole posterior chain and quads as, you, sure. as you're loading it. So it's a very different movement. Um, it's it's a, a good, you know, all-around test of strength, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. Do you have a personal best? Is there, like, the biggest atlas thing you've ever picked uh, up? The heaviest one I've done is 448 pounds. That is absolutely Which, insane. That's insanity to me. Yeah. Just a, like a big concrete ball, 440 pounds, and you're just yanking yep. it up off the ground and put are you putting it on a pedestal or you're like dropping it over um, a bar in, in it was in training and generally in training i do over a bar okay uh, in competition it's usually to a platform because it looks better okay that is cra- that's crazy to me i mean i'm, yeah. I'm i am a very large fellow and that still outweighs me by like at least 140 pounds like that is that is so big yeah it's it's i've been competing since 2007 i've been getting stronger through a lot of that at least um I think 448 is three pounds off the middleweight record, um, but that was just training list. So yeah, sure. It'd be fun to try a, a record breakers in that or something. Well, we, well I'm, dude, I'm, 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 de- I'm definitely pulling for you because obviously, yeah. like, you know, I, I, I will tell you, I've seen a bunch of it on ESPN. Um, obviously, like with the rise of like CrossFit games and that stuff, and I know that's not necessarily the same sport, but um, I remember as a kid and even as a teenager, they always used to have like the strongest world strongest man competitions. They always cruise and yep. you know, run those out on ESPN. So. Um, I, I've, I've seen it around before, but it's definitely something that I'm, I'm intrigued by. Um, and now, you know, for, forever, forever joined together our Major League Baseball and, and, and strong yeah. competition, uh, you know, through the, through the help of spider tack. But um, that, has, that has been great. I, I have a question for you, and this yeah. is a strange one. I saw a picture online of a guy holding a cinder block, just like hands out like this. Are you, are you aware yeah. of this picture? Yes, that was me 12 years ago. Okay. All right. uh, I, I looked a little different, a little smaller. Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, just finished a, a test batch or whatever. And uh, I wasn't like dressed for it. I wasn't really planning on doing anything like that. But I, I just uh, was taking some videos and pictures of, of me picking it up. Uh, the funny thing is with that, that picture, picture specifically, like right after the picture uh, was taken, it fell and broke. <laughs> the cinder block <laughs> hey, broke. It was uh, but, yeah, it was, it was definitely up. So yeah, uh, that is that is crazy. I like if you Google and I'll, any listener at home, if you Google spider tack and click images, that's the fourth. Okay. It's like it is nice. like it's like on the top row. So it is yeah, crazy. I, you know, I was trying I to, to like comb my hair or something. <laughs> 
Well, I tell you what, it's a it's a great it's a great picture. It is if you use it as a marketing material, like it is absolutely great. Yeah. I, I mean, a center block is heavy, obviously, and yeah. if you're just flat palming it and it's just sticking <laughs> your hand, I mean, I I don't know what else you could potentially use as like this stuff works. I picked up a center block without ripping, yeah. Um, yeah. which is is pretty great. Well, uh, listen, James, I. I really appreciate you coming on tonight and, and it was great to be able to kind of get to know you a little bit. And obviously like you've kind of been thrust into the limelight here uh, over the last couple of weeks, but it was, it was really great to, to have you. Um, James is a Redditor, by the way, I'm not, we're not going to yep. expose his, his other name or anything. And I know you obviously spend, spend plenty of time with us. Um, it, if you want to hang out on the sub, man, definitely come on. We're, we're yeah. going to, we'll, we'll definitely keep around. I'm sure spider tech will probably be yeah. uh, in the news for a little while, but uh, we'd love to have you around and uh, you can be the kind of, you can be our resident, uh, our resident sticky expert. Yeah, uh, that would be great. I, I would love a, yeah. love a person who's uh, expert on tacky. Yeah, I'm, and I'm hoping you know, with the ban on spider tack, I'm going to become a sunscreen expert pretty soon. I think <laughs> that's my next plan. That'll be that would be great. That would be great. I'm, I'm sure you can uh, you can wiggle your way into that. Well, James, yep. thank you so much for joining us. Uh, all right, we'll kick it back to you guys for uh, for the close of the podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Lewis here, and I am excited to welcome back to the podcast Shane. He is the Dodgers power ranker. We had him on uh, about a month and a half ago for the first round of Padres Dodgers, and we've got some big NL West matchups coming back, so we thought we'd bring him back to catch up on where the NL West is at. Shane, how are you doing today? I am doing really well. The NL West, at least three-fifths of it is doing really well and two-fifths um, is doing atrocious but we'll we'll just yeah. we'll just gloss over you that know, for now we'll take what we can get yeah so so like i said we were so i had this on my calendar marked i'm like all right dodgers padres round i you could say round three but really round two uh been waiting waiting and then i look at the standings and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? There's this third team that's not only in the race, they're winning the race. The Giants just won't go away. And now they're sitting with the best record in baseball. Uh, and I think no matter what happens the rest of this Sunday, they will have the best record in baseball to finish the day. And so suddenly it was like, well, we can't just talk about Padres Giants. We got to talk about all three, especially because you guys have a series coming up in a week from now, uh, and that'll be a classic Dodgers Giants series too. But let's reel it back. Let's start with who you know best, Shane. What have the Dodgers been up to this last month and a half, and what can we expect going into these two big series that are coming up? Well, it's been an interesting time for the Dodgers. Um, the health continues to be somewhat of an issue, but they continue to win at a pretty reasonable rate and if the Giants weren't there no one would really have anything to say about the Dodgers other than yeah this is what we expected uh Corey Seager is still out from that broken hand but he is expected to start his rehab assignment this weekend either Friday or Saturday so that is good news uh once again Cody Bellinger had an injury that put him on the IL but he's expected to be activated for this upcoming Padres series yeah, my, uh, my fantasy ringing Bellingers has been yeah. missing him. 
the he's entire been season. Painfully <laughs> absent, really. He's, he hasn't done anything. Um, and that's not really his fault. I mean, he only had four games before the initial injury when he got spiked and then wasn't really able to find his groove when this hamstring injury came up again. But that's when you're, when you're a fan of a team, you just think of that as, Oh, that means we still have an MVP that we're going to get later. So, (laughs) you know, you make it, you make it work. But as for production, um, Max Muncy will be back as well, but the Dodgers just keep churning. I mean, they call up Steven Souza Jr. who comes back after that horrific injury in Arizona and he thinks he might never play baseball again and they coerce him to come back and here he is making a diving catch and then hitting a game-winning home run uh, in Arizona. So like they can just pull it from anywhere and it works but um, that's really been the case for, for the Giants as well. So speaking of people pulled, he's not pulled from nowhere because he's Albert Pujols, but how has he been looking this past month here that he's been with you guys? Because um, I I don't know, I, I feel like I see his highlights more than I did before, but that might just be because he's playing in more meaningful games. Sorry, no, Angels fans. I, it is absolutely the real deal. It's it's kind of absurd at this point. I mean, he hit another three-run bomb today. He has, I mean, the, the story with Albert at this point in his career is he needs to be used as a platoon bat. The numbers against righties, I'm pulling them up right now. They're just not there. Uh, and they haven't been for a while. Against righties, it is a... Uh, split OPS plus of 39 against lefties. It's a split OPS plus of 186. That's a platoon split right there. (laughs) Yeah. 467 OPS versus 1.014. So they always say, if you put a player in a position to succeed, they will succeed. And that's what the Dodgers have been doing with him. He looks really happy. The team looks really happy to have him. It's been fun to continue the home run count. I'm hoping he can put together a good enough year that someone will give him a shot next year so we can break that 700. But he has been absolutely a really pleasant surprise. Do you think he can put up 0.6 baseball wins, baseball reference wins above replacement to get back to a career 100 uh, wins above replacement? Okay. Here's the thing with that. Once Muncie comes back and he can stop playing in the field because that's what gets him. He has his offensive production has been fine, but every as the more he has to play first base, the more he's gonna keep Sink weighing down, it down. Yeah. So if he can move more to the lefty bench bat role that we envisioned for him in a fully healthy Dodger roster, which God help me, has to come someday, even though I feel like I've been saying that all season. I truly believe that if he can keep hitting one dot against lefties, absolutely. All right. Well, that is what I am going to be uh, hoping and cheering for because that it was so sad watching him fall off of the hundred club there uh, for, for wins above replacement. So uh, we mentioned we're going into this series against the Padres. We've got that series with the Giants coming up. Overall, you guys have been doing you know, really well. How do you feel going into a couple of series against really good teams here? What are some keys you see to both of those series? I think at this point, everybody on all of those teams 
recognizes that those games are important. They recognize the intensity of those games, even if they don't need to talk about it. You see in press conferences, the media is always trying to push it to them and they always give very dismissive answers. But at the end of the day, when they go out on the field, you, you know, you can just tell that it matters to them. You can tell that it takes that step up. Um, and I mean, when you look at the standings, they absolutely matter. And if they, if they keep playing this close for an entire 162, we have another, what was it? 2015 NL central on our hands where it was just yes. three juggernauts and someone had to get the short end of the stick, but, uh, the Padres, the Padres having a really good series right now against the Reds. They had that incredible game. Uh, that was capped off by the Victor Caratini walk-off home run, which mm-hmm. we'll get to later when we do our, our catcher's roundup. <laughs> but the Padres were in a weird kind of mediocre holding pattern for their last 30 games before that series. I mean, they haven't been bad, but I think they were below 500, and they certainly didn't look like themselves. Um, but I think for them it'll be a big deal if they can – we will see soon if they get out of the series with the Reds with the sweep. If they can go in again and then take a series from the Dodgers, I think they will have their momentum right back in full swing. Uh, and I also think it's very important for the Dodgers to keep this momentum rolling. They now have a 102 run differential, which is the best in the National League. Uh, they've continued to kind of produce on every peripheral. There's no reason to think that the Dodgers shouldn't be the best team in baseball and the best team in the NL West. And then I just keep looking and the Giants are still there and I don't know how it happens. <laughs> Now, with the Padres here, um, I know part of it has been Trent Grisham and Fernando Tatis Jr. have been tag-teaming who's on the aisle. I I feel like uh, Tatis gets back, Grisham goes on the aisle. Grisham gets back, Tatis goes on for a couple games and then gets pulled early just because the trainers are being extra careful with him. Um, But overall, the Padres' offense has not been impressing do you see that turning around a little bit now that both those guys are, are healthy and Cronenworth and Machado and Fam are starting to heat up a little bit? Um, or do you think it might come down to whether, you know, Darvish doesn't drop with uh, certain substances that might be, be banned? That we've got an interview elsewhere on the podcast that you can listen to uh, about that and Musgrove continuing and Snell figuring it out. Um, where do you see their path to division victory here or just victory this upcoming series? Part of me feels like it would be foolish to say that the offense is not going to come back because I really do think that there's so much more firepower than we've seen over this recent stretch. Um, I mean, we did have this conversation the last time we spoke about how many of those really impressive 2020 performances would carry over. I mean, Will Myers has still been above average, but he hasn't been last year. Eric Hosmer, I mean, I told you, he keeps hitting the ball into the ground. That's not, it's not going to last forever. And he's back to being, you know, uh, odd year Eric Hosmer. Um, as for the pitching, I think I don't want to be the guy who does the whole Blake Snell thing, but I always feel like we need to have a conversation about Blake Snell. We need to have a conversation about the nibbling and how maybe that really short leash that he had in Tampa was exactly what he needed to succeed the way that he did. And that maybe what we're seeing now when he's given more of a run, it just doesn't really work with his approach. And I don't know. 
I feel like, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I was just looking. I feel like he gives up a lot of homers. And uh, staring at the numbers, he indeed, um, 20% of fly balls he gives up are out of the park. And like, that sounds like an exaggeration. It's not. 20.8% of fly balls end up out of the park when Snell, Snell does it. I mean, he's striking guys out. Um, he's also walking guys. And so I don't know how much, uh, I mean, he's got a 333 batting average balls in play against. So I don't know how much of that Babbitt and home run fly ball ratio is bad luck and how much of it is that, that nibbling and leaving it up and barreled up because I mean, I, I have to tell people this all the time because I hear it so much like, oh, but his Babbitt's so high. It's just bad luck. It's like, it's not bad luck if he's just hanging stuff there. Exactly. And hard hit balls are going to land for hits. The only reason Babbitt works as a stat for luck at the major league level is because most major league pitchers do not remain major league pitchers if they're consistently barreled. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Snell's kind of there right now, but with that K rate, it's hard to Still. imagine him being that bad for too long. I don't think he's going to be size Snell like he was, but I think he's going to be better than a 5.72 ERA. When you look under the hood, it's a, a 12th percentile walk rate, an 11th percentile barrel rate, 17th percentile expected slugging, 15th percentile expected WOBA. I mean, he's getting hit. I, he, the strikeouts are there. He has great stuff. He's all, that's never really been the issue. It's the nibbling and then hanging something. That's it's, yeah. He's, he's got a, a bad habit of making that mistake pitch. And yeah. against some, against some offenses, um, you know, one mistake per at bat isn't going to kill you because the level of opposition hitting, um, you know, you can get away with one. Uh, but once you get to the playoffs, once you get to the Dodgers roster, you're facing up against then uh, Giants roster as of late. I mean, I will we'll talk about if you think this will this will keep up or not. But once you go up against two rosters where most of the guys have an above average uh, WRC plus above average OPS above average slugging, um, you can't make those mistakes every at bat. So we'll, we'll see where, where that, that goes. Now, like I said, this, this Padres Dodgers, I've had it hyped up uh, on my calendar, but right now I've got a little arrow pointing to next week's calendar because Giants Dodgers is appointment television again and i am so excited what can you tell me about the giants coming into this next week but then looking into the future at that big series next week where you two square off it's very good to have the rivalry back i must say for i mean it never goes away and that's kind of the beauty of it is even when the giants were awful every game against them is still the absolute maximum intensity but when they're both good, it's just so much fun. The Giants, I don't know what to say. It upsets me so much. Because the reason it feels this way is you look around and it's the same damn guys. 
Like it's it's just <laughs> Evan Longoria is just now Pran Evan Longoria again. Steven Duggar is amazing at everything somehow. Like what is happening? I'm just I'm just looking at their their top their top nine qualified batters right now. Um, the the guys who have played more than forty games they have one in their top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One of their top eight qualified batters is under the age of 30. <laughs> that is ridiculous. And I mean, Steven Duggar is the only under 30 guy that has been consistently working out for them. And it's, it's ridiculous. Um, you're right, it's the same guys, plus seven Longoria. That's <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can't. All you can do is is give them credit because it's amazing. Um, I know you wanted to get Buster Posey love. I mean, Buster Posey is just Buster Posey again, and it was not like nothing of you happened. Oh, down ears! I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just yeah. Buster Posey again. Like what? Maybe a year it's... off really made the difference. I mean, we talk about how much of a toll catching takes on the body um, base I and mean, 162 game season uh, overall takes a toll. Um, Cause it's kind of, that's why they've been so careful with sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kurt Casale has been getting a lot of run and he doesn't really hit. And I know there's been frustration among some giants fans about that, but if it's what keeps Posey in good shape and it's what keeps him hitting like this, you can't really be upset about it. It keeps you winning. Mm-hmm. And you always want to be winning right? That's the goal to, to continue winning. Um, what, what else other than their age, gosh, even their rotation, I'm sorry, Logan Webb, Aaron Sanchez are the only guys with any game started that are under the age of 30. Cueto, what are you doing? (laughs) I mean, it's not like he's been great, but 4.05 ERA is fine. It works for them. Uh, it's just, they're, they've got to be the oldest team in baseball right now. Absolutely. Can we talk about how much money Kevin Gosman made himself by not taking an extension and just taking the qualifying offer and just being the best pitcher in the league like it's nothing? Oh, sorry, I mean, but you even know, even if he regresses, it's it's not going to regress too far. Like he's been. You can, there's plenty of room for regression, and he'll still be unbelievable. Yeah, I, he's once again that high K rate, which we've seen all these guys. Except he doesn't give up twenty percent of fly balls on home runs, and he hasn't been walking anyone. I mean, you, you still get some walks there. He's not, uh, I mean, Johnny Cueto doesn't walk anyone. Um, Gossman doesn't walk that many people, but yeah, he has been doing amazing. And uh, yeah, he's going to be a hot commodity this off season, especially uh, if he can keep it up after the crackdown starting tomorrow. And there's some other guys who fall off. There will be a lot to watch after tomorrow. Uh, there will be plenty of people crunching data, so you probably won't have to do it yourself, but there will be, there, it's going to be chaos. Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see, um, but we'll, we, we cover that uh, kind of elsewhere. Um, if for some reason you skipped the intro, didn't 
listen to uh, the intro or read the show notes today because you just wanted to hear Shane talk. Uh, we are interviewing the co-inventor of SpiderTac elsewhere here on the podcast. So make sure to listen to that as well. Um, he comes just short of naming names, um, but it's, uh, it's a pretty good listen. So make sure to listen to that. Anyways, uh, uh, back to that giant series. What are you nervous about going going into that next week? I am nervous about this. Just the consistency of the giant starting pitching is weird. It's like disturbingly good. Like Desclafani had the one blow up start against us, where I think he gave up like ten in two innings. But whatever. Aside from that, if you if you work your way around that. His numbers have been absurd for him. And he has this weird ebb and flow to his years. If you look at his baseball reference, it's he is significantly below average and then he's significantly above average. And then he's significantly below. I don't know how he does that, but uh, that's, I guess it's another thing you have to watch. When you see so many question marks, 162 games is a long time. And when you have so many things that you can't really explain and you're just like, I don't know, but it's cool. It's hard to bet on that for the long term. That's all I'm saying. Especially when you talk about the age, you point all that out. Of course, the Giants probably aren't worried about it that much long term. They have a ton of money clearing up. They're playing with house money, really. I expect them now, honestly, to buy and just throw all of it at the, at the wall one year and then clean out next year and spend all that money however they want go get someone big but i just can't realistically see them and i will eat something disgusting if this happens i can't see them at the top of the nls at the end of the year no now, way now speaking of disclafani disclafani disco 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 speaking disco. of disco um you were we before the pod we started recording here. Uh, me and Shane were, were talking about the ineptitude of the twins, and I mentioned we made three really bad um, pitching pitching moves. He, Disco is making less money than all three of those guys I talked about on the twins that have just blown up. If we had picked up him instead of Colome, instead of Hap, instead of Shoemaker we'd be having this conversation about why are the twins only 500 instead of, you know, basement joy. Anyways, we will, we'll, we'll ignore my, my twins homerism for a little bit here. Now uh, we promised that uh, we talked with, with K Jack and uh, he wasn't able to make it on to talk about the NL West today. Cause he has some other stuff going on, but he made me promise that we would, we would give Buster Posey some love. You gave Buster Posey some love but you want to just kind of round up the catching in the NL West. So let's quick go through that uh, before we wrap up here. What is your view of the state of NL West catching right now? You know, there's something fun to say about all of the NL West catchers. Buster Posey is Buster Posey. You know, start running those horrible commercials that they used to air between everything back in 2014. Hey, I'd let him deliver my baby. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Will Smith is right behind Buster Posey in catching war and pretty much every catching statistic. He's been amazing with the bat and he continues to be one of the promising young catchers. Um, and then Victor Caratini, as we mentioned earlier, that 
incredible home run to cap that insane game. One of the games of the year, absolutely. Absolutely. So. First first full crowd at Petco, too. It was reopening night there and just... What else could you ask for? Oh, full bar p- ballpark cheering for a walk-off. That, it made me tear up a little bit. It's pretty damn good. But it isn't all good. As, as with the NL West as a whole, it is perfectly <laughs> reflected in the standings. So the Rockies continue to be inept. Both uh, Rockies catchers uh, are negative in Fangraph's war. I would almost be surprised if that wasn't true when I went to check it. It was really my assumption going in. And then yesterday, Carson Kelly gets hit on a check swing from a pitch from Walker Bueller and on the wrist. And that's never good. It's one of the few bright spots that they had going into throughout this year. He's gone too. So, you know, if you're wondering how the NL West team is doing, just look for their catcher. (laughs) All right. So uh, the last thing here, uh, two weeks from now, um, the Dodgers, you're going to have played the Padres. You're going to have played the Giants in a series. Where do you think these standings lie in two weeks? So we got about uh, 12 to 14 games here played by those teams. Where, where do you think things go? Uh, Padres are back five right now. Dodgers are back a game and a half. Um, don't see that changing right now. Just looking at the current game scores, but that could change. But yeah, um, where, where do you see those standings looking uh, in, in a couple weeks here? Well, again, we don't need to worry about the two below them. Those look pretty locked in. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Padres need to pick it up a little bit. If the Padres can can take this series from the Dodgers and, and continue a nice little momentum run after this weird run of mediocrity they've been on over the past 30 or so games, I think that could be huge for them. A good charge, swag chain, everything running good. As for the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers are still not worried about the Giants, but I still think that they have every expectation that they will be in first place in two weeks from now. As for the Giants, though, I, they until they stop doing it, you can't, you can't expect them to just stop doing it. It's until, until the shoe drops, I can't just keep waiting for it to drop. You know, At a certain point, you just got to give it to them. And uh, for anyone who is worried about possibly not having a great finish to the season, if you look ahead in the schedule, let's let's assume that uh, this is just hypothetical here. Assuming, let's say the Dodgers do what we expect, just kind of charge to the front uh, top of that NL West standings and the Giants and Padres are, are fighting it out to see who either gets the top wildcard spot or who gets a final wildcard spot. If someone in the central or East picks it up a little bit here, the giants and Padres 10 of their last 19 games are against each other. They play three series in the last month of the season. And uh, I cannot wait to see what that is like. I expect lots of fireworks. I expect cluster cozy bombs. I expect 
Tatis to be flipping his bat and uh, hitch walking around third. It, it's going to be great. I am. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for this whole race. Like I told Shane at the beginning, my team's out of it at this point. Um, I'm going to be checking in on this NL West race pretty much the rest of the year here. So uh, I'm excited for that. Shane, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up here? I just want to I mean, now that you mentioned it, I just went and looked at, at the, the season, the way the Padres finished their season, their month of September. They go Houston, Angels, whatever, at Dodgers, at Giants, at Cardinals. Oh, I might have them back. Oh, yeah. Home against the Giants again, home against the Braves, at the Dodgers again, at the Giants again. That is brutal. It's brutal, but if they can pick it up, like, like no matter what happens, they could be 10 games back going into September and no, you know what? We can play our way in. I still, can, I still, we can be comfortable. We can do a Rocktober run here. And because of the teams we're playing, if we finish September going like 20 and 10, we're in the playoffs. And honestly, despite the brutality of that schedule, that is a great, place to be going into the end of the season it's going to be a lot of fun to be a neutral fan in september watching that race well shane thanks so much for joining us for giving us your insights and expertise into the nl west it sounds like we're gonna have to have you back on uh later maybe i mean maybe we'll just turn things over to you in september and you can just talk us through the race week by week (laughs) as it happens here because it sounds like that's what it's gonna be like hopefully i don't have to eat anything gross Thank well, you for thank having you. me again, Lewis. Thank you so much, Shane. And for those of you listening at home, be sure to stick around. We're going to wrap things up here in just a little bit. Thanks. Well, that about wraps things up for episode 26. Thanks for listening. Our Baseball Weekly is executive produced by me, Lewis. Our production administrator is Christine. Our Baseball Weekly is edited by Nime. Maz and myself co-hosted our intro segment. Biscuits hosted our interview with Spider-Tack co-creator James Deffenbaugh. And I hosted the State of the NL West segment with Shane. Special thanks to both James and Shane for joining us today. Our theme music was composed by Chuck Leese. Join us every Monday for new episodes releasing at 1 a.m. Eastern Time so they can be downloaded and ready for your morning commute. We'll see you next week.